0: Welcome into episode 21 of the Printfest DFS podcast. My name is Justin Rue, alongside Scott Bandy. We're here to break down the week 16 main slate on DraftKings. And uh, I think it's a pretty straightforward slate. Uh, There's a couple of injuries we kind of have to maneuver around. Um, But uh, for the most part, uh, I think it's pretty straightforward. There's one game which is really worth um, building around, and that's the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Atlanta Falcons, and then everything else just kind of falls down from there. There's not too many uh, ridiculously high totals uh, on this slate. Breaking down the injuries, uh, the most important injuries on the slate, Julio Jones remains out. Um, so Calvin Ridley will just continue to get peppered with targets. I'm sure we'll be about him. Cam Akers has that, um, that ankle sprain that he gutted through last week, and so he is out. Um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is out, open up Le'Veon Bell. Phillip Lindsay is out. Uh, you know, if you want to touch Melvin Gordon, Hunter Henry is on the COVID list. He is out. Duke Johnson remains out. Um, Tyler Boyd, uh, it's a new injury. He had a concussion last week, and so he's out this week. And then Golden Tate, um, he is out. Doubtful, Christian McCaffrey, uh, I doubt he's going he's to suit up. Uh, they're probably going to shut him down for the rest of the season. Terry McLaurin is doubtful. That's a new one. Uh, he, he had, he's had an ankle injury for a couple of weeks. Um, so he, he's likely to be out. I guess we'll see on Sunday. Guys are questionable. Keenan Allen, uh, he did get in limited practice on Friday with his hamstring injury, but he is questionable. Zeke, I tentatively expect Zeke to play given the fact that Tony Pollard basically like is taking his job from him and it looks so good. Zeke's got to like put his foot back down. Uh, Antonio Gibson has turf toe. He might actually play today or play on Sunday. He is questionable. Uh, mind you, we are recording this on Saturday around noon. Um, James Robinson, he's, I don't think he's practiced at all this week, um, but he is questionable for the Jaguars. Allen Robinson and Cordero Patterson are both questionable. I, I think I expect A-Rob to play. Uh, he, was, he, was, he didn't practice on Wednesday, and then he was limited on Thursday and Friday. Cordero Patterson did not practice at all so I, I and he's questionable so I I I don't think Cordell Patterson is gonna play since he didn't practice at all but I guess we'll see um and that kind of wraps it off for guys uh, on the injury report um guys who will play James Conner, um Tyreek is likely to play Alex Smith is still questionable um and that whole situation with Dwayne Haskins and Strip club and all that. uh Who knows? Just stay away from from Washington. Just stay far away. And then Daniel Jones is likely to play for the Giants. So that that really wraps up all the main guys on the injury report um to keep tabs on heading into Sunday morning. So starting with our favorite quarterback plays of the week, I think that our consensus favorite quarterback play of the week has to be Jalen Hurts, and his prices keep skyrocketing. So you know, a couple weeks ago when he made the start, he was fifty one hundred. And, of course, we didn't play him then. And we are just like, oh, you know, who knows? Who knows what his floor is? And then he just proceeds to smash. And then he's 5,900 last week, and we played him, and he puts up 40. So, in his two starts, he's averaged 85 rushing yards in those two games. Obviously, I wouldn't project him for that. Probably somewhere between 55 and 60 rushing yards. But even then, at 7K, you know, with the 26 implied total taking on Dallas, and we know how bad Dallas is. I mean, Hurts has been the QB 10 and the QB 1 in his first two starts. Um, And Dallas has been susceptible to rushing quarterbacks. They've allowed 94 yards and a touchdown to Lamar Jackson and 74 yards and a touchdown to Kyler. So I think that the rushing floor is certainly going to be here. They have have a decent total. This should be a faster-paced game. Might be a back-and-forth shootout here if the Eagles' secondary troubles remain. Um, I think Jalen Hurts at 7K is, is extremely strong. What are your thoughts there?
1: Yeah, I I'm, I don't know how, you know, the public feels about this game, but I think this game's going to shoot out. So uh, I don't believe in either one of these defenses. Hurts has been just marvelous for the Eagles, so much better than Carson Wentz. Uh, it's like Doug Peterson actually learned how to call plays now.
0: Like, <laughs> it's just
1: <laughs> crazy. Another thing that I think helps out Jalen Hurts is that – well, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't – is Sean Jackson's actually – he's been activated from IR. and looks like he's going to play. So that at least gives – you know, another weapon for the Philly offense. Um, yeah, Dallas has been piss poor all year. Uh, if you want to stack Hertz, I, I mean, we'll talk about it later, but I think Goddard and Ertz are both in play. You can throw Rager out there if you want. Um, yeah, I mean, it's hard not to like him. There's not really that much to like at quarterback this week. Um, so, in and, and the matchup, I think Hertz is really safe. I mean, averaging 85 rushing yards a game the last two weeks, like, we have no reason to believe that's going to, you know, change. Um, so yeah, I mean, really nice floor, really nice ceiling in this spot too. Like, are we going to project 40 for him? No, but I think, you know, 30 is well in play. Uh, 30 is really in play for anyone who's playing against Dallas. So yeah, he's gotta be easily the best quarterback in the league. Uh, now, like I said, there's not really that much to like at quarterback in my opinion. Uh, so I think my second favorite guy is probably going to be Matt Ryan at fifty hundred. Um, now, that's, it feels weird that I'm saying that, but for the matchup, he just seems a little bit cheap. Um, you know, 5800 he's priced right around, like, you know, Mitch Trubisky, which I think, you know, say what you want, but I'm not playing Mitch Trubisky or Matt Ryan. I don't care what the matchup is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, for the game environment, over under 53.5. It's the highest on the main slate. They are 12-point road dogs against uh, Kansas City, and that, that's pretty much why uh, I'm liking this spot for Matt Ryan. The Chiefs score 30 Pretty much every single week, and the Falcons can't run the ball anyway. Um, now Julio Jones is out again, which definitely put a damper on Matt Ryan. Every single week that Julio is out, Matt Ryan seems to struggle, with the exception of last week. So it's no—it's by no means a safe play at all. Um, Matt Ryan's only hit 20 or more fantasy points six times this year, and he's also hit 15 or less, uh, 15 or fewer p- points in six games as well. Uh, now, like I said, he did have that nice showing last week, put up 30 points against Tampa Bay. That's at least a sign of life for that, Ryan. He hasn't been very good this year at all, with or without Julio. Um, but I mean, 12 point dogs, like, there, I don't see how they don't throw, 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 throw. Like, I think the bonus is almost a lot for Ryan just out of you know pure volume. I think 40 plus pass attempts is well on play, it's pretty likely. Um, I really like you know the correlation, you know. If you want to stack him with, you know, someone like Ridley, bring it back with one of the Chiefs guys. I even like Gage and Hurst at their, at their price tag. Hurst is really cheap, 3400 I know he hasn't done much, but uh, this is probably the, the most stackable game of the week. Um, and like I said, not much to like at quarterback. I definitely prefer Hurts. But if you need to value, Matt Ryan at 5800 I think is, is a fine play. What are your thoughts?
0: Yeah, and this is definitely the, the game of the week where you really want to Get this game right. So both these teams really like to lean towards the pass. I mean, um, you know, over the last three weeks on early downs in the first half, the the Chiefs throw the ball 66% of the time, and the Falcons throw the ball 64% of the time. League average over that span is 54%. So both of these teams are 10 to 12% above league average, um, you know, in situation neutral pass rate. So both the teams want to look to the pass and that typically is a nice spot for shootouts. It should be a faster paced game. Uh, yeah. I mean the Falcons are going to get the doors blown off them. So there's probably not going to be a lot of efficiency for Matt Ryan, but we know the volume's going to be there for him and for his pass catchers. The, the only issue really with Matt Ryan is that, um, you know, he just doesn't give anything rushing at all. He, he gives you no rushing floor. He's going to run for like five or, you know, <laughs> six yards. So he offers nothing on the ground to kind of buoy that floor that we look for in cash games. So I think that Matt Ryan is, is fine. um, If you're, you know, going for guys down that cheap, but uh, Jalen hurts is the preferred option. If you can get up to him uh, for cash, at least in, at least in both of our opinions. So moving over to running back, Um, running back, I, I think that there's a couple guys up top to pay up for, and then there's a couple value guys. So we can just kind of lay them out here. So, Miles Sanders and Austin Eckler, I think, are the – oh, and Dave Montgomery. Those three are the three higher-priced options. I think Montgomery is probably the strongest out of all of those guys. Um, And then the value guys are going to be Le'Veon Bell and Daryl Henderson. Um, So with no CEH and with no um, Cam Akers, that opens up you know, a ton of touches for these guys. So I'll start with, with Daryl Henderson, since he is the cheapest out of all these guys. So he's 4,500, you know, they're on the road against Seattle with a 23 implied total and they're two point dogs. So, yeah, I mean, not the best spot, but in weeks two through seven, when Cam Akers was either not playing at all or was only playing like, you know, five or 10% of the snaps as he was acclimating to the NFL, um, Daryl Henderson averaged 15 and a half touches in those games from weeks two through seven and he averaged 86 yards from scrimmage and 12.6 uh, DraftKings points per game. So, you know, that, that's really not terrible. Um, and Daryl Henderson, we know, is, is actually a pretty decent talent uh, when he was coming out of Memphis. And this season, uh, he's averaged 2.1 yards after contact per attempt. I mean, league average usually sits in that stat like right around two. So, I mean, we could probably say he's about an average running back, um, you know, talent-wise, and he's in line for about 15 touches um you know if he gets you 12.6 like he did you know with no acres earlier this season I mean he's that's okay I mean that's it's fine for cash game it's not going to blow it up but I think he actually has a nice ceiling here um given the fact that he should have the goal line role I know that Malcolm Brown does mix in on passing downs um but this season I mean Daryl Henderson even with Kim Akers in there for the full season Daryl Henderson has averaged 1.5 uh, opportunities inside the 10 per game uh, compared to 0.79 for Malcolm Brown. So I, I think that if they do get down in there uh, inside the 10, it should be Daryl Henderson getting the the work. So 15 and a half touches and, and goal line work on a, on a team that we know is pretty decent. I mean, Jared Goff has been known for his shitty games, but uh, I, I, think, I think we have to go back. 4500 is just kind of too cheap for Daryl Henderson. What are your thoughts there?
1: Yeah, I mean, you've said it. I mean, 4500 for a starting running back. Um, I don't really like this game very much. I think it's going to be kind of a bad game to watch. I think it's going to be low scoring. But, man, this week we really don't have much value, and running back's not all that strong outside of a couple core guys at the top. Um yeah, I think 15 touches are well in play. And we'll see. I mean, probably expect Malcolm Brown to get most of the third down and passing work. Um, that's what we've seen most of the year before Akers took over that bell cow role. Um but yeah, I mean, if you can if he gets you like 12 points or so, like that's hitting value. Like that's not gonna kill you. And he's probably gonna be pretty highly owned too. So Um, He really helps, you know, fit in the Chiefs guys, fit in, you know, Ridley Hurts, whoever whoever else it is that you want to pay for at the top. Um, So, yeah, I mean, a 4,500, it's hard to get away from that.
0: Yep, for sure.
1: Uh, I think, I mean, we probably both agree on this. The best running back play on the week is David Montgomery at 7,700. It's a great matchup this week against Jacksonville. They're allowing 34 points per game to opposing running backs over the last month. Uh, and the third most over the entire course of the season. Uh, So really, I mean, we've seen Monty. He's been smashing week in, week out for the last month, and now he's getting, like, maybe the best matchup he could possibly get on the season. Um, And he – like, I can't believe I'm even talking up David Montgomery right now because, like, I've had such a, you know, a deep, deep disdain for him. But he has been a total monster, and there's no denying that. Like, he looks like a completely different player than he did, you know, last year in the first – few weeks of this season just throw out some stats the last four weeks he's playing 79 percent of snaps that's the most of any running back in the league of that span so that's really nice he's had 17 red zone carries fifth most of that span 6.1 yards per carry is Louis Chris that's easily the best in the league that's even better than Derrick Henry uh and like last the last four weeks man he's had t- 32 27 27 and 28 DraftKings points like holy <laughs> shit man Like, yeah, 7700 is expensive for someone like David Montgomery, but, like, the workload is real. Uh, And the crazy thing about, you know, those stat lines is he's only really seen, like, legit, legit volume in one of those games. Like, he had 32 carries last week. But the three previous games, he had 11, 17, 11 carries. Uh, And he was just uber efficient on those plays. So – and he's also getting, you know, he's getting all the passing network. Six targets, four targets, four targets, two targets – uh, so that it just increases his nice four. Like he's just like in this spot, like twenty-five touches, like well, well in play. And to make it even juicier, like Corel Patterson didn't see the practice field all week, and I mean he's probably likely to be out. Definitely something to matter, but to monitor. But even if he's in, like man, David Montgomery is just—he's as close to a lock as I can see.
0: Yeah. I I definitely agree. It is weird saying this stuff about Dave Montgomery, but man, with the volume he's getting, he's basically a three down plus goal line back and he's taking on this Jacksonville defense. That's, that's kind of, and he's under 8K. Um, that's just kind of the, the spots we want to be in three down plus goal line backs, you know, cheap enough. And, you know, he's actually been really good. He's this season, he's averaged 2.7 yards after contact per attempt, and that's that's uh, fifth in the league. And last year, he was averaging like 1.3, which was, you know, like bottom five in the league. So, I mean, he he's really made a big change, and I know he's had some really nice matchups these last couple of weeks to make him average, you know, 24 points per game over his last five, but it's another nice matchup here. So, yeah, I, I'm totally in on, on uh, Dave Montgomery in this spot. It's, you know, it's just, it's a nice spot for him. So, another high price guy, uh, if you can't get up to Dave Montgomery or if you want to pair him, is Miles Sanders. And, and this is, like, kind of direct leverage off of Jalen Hurts. So, we know that the Cowboys cannot stop the run. I mean, they have just gotten bludgeoned and bludgeoned and bludgeoned by running backs um 42 of the yards gained against the cowboys um has been through rushing so i mean i know that jalen hurts is gonna probably dice his team up through the air but the cowboys give up 4.9 yards per attempt to running backs their 25th dba against the run Um, and miles sanders since jalen hurts has taken over the last two weeks Miles Sanders has been on leash as the full bell cow. He's played 82% of the snaps. Um, he's had 18 touches per game, three and a half targets in those two games. Um, and he's averaged 113 yards from scrimmage. And he's basically the, the team's only guy like inside the 10. So, um, you know, again, as, as a two-point favorite in this spot, 26 implied total, he's averaged 22 DraftKings points per game in his two games with Jalen Hurts. I mean, he's unleashed into a full bell cow at 7K. I mean, he's had 36 of the 41 backfield touches in the last two weeks. So, I mean, Miles. I mean, Boston Scott is not where he's just not getting anything anymore. And Corey Clement's barely been touching the field. So, um, I think that Miles Sanders is more of a tournament play since Jalen Hurts is probably the cash lock on the slate. So, I don't think you should be playing Miles Sanders and Jalen Hurts together, given the fact that, you know, Miles Sanders is not getting much work in the passing game. So it's unlikely that Hurts throws a touchdown to Miles Sanders. They're most likely they're going to be mutually exclusive in this spot. Um, so if you're looking for leverage off of Jalen Hurts, I think that Miles Sanders is a really, really, really good tournament uh,
1: leverage play here. Yeah, he is. He's set up really well. I mean, the Cowboys are getting absolutely bludgeoned on the ground the last month, giving up the third-most points to opposing running backs. They're giving up 5.25 yards per carry, and we know how efficient Miles Sanders has been all year. So, I mean, look for that to continue. Love that leverage off, off Chandler Hurts. He's probably going to be pretty high know, in tournaments and cash, too. So, uh, yeah, I really like that. And then moving on to, you know, the last running back we'll talk about is Austin Eckler at 7,600. Um, I really like this spot for Eckler. Hunter Henry's out, he's on the COVID list. Uh, and Keenan Allen is setting up to be a game time decision. Uh, unfortunately, that is a late game, it's a four o'clock game, so we won't know about Keenan Allen, um, until late until after lock. So, um, that makes it a little bit frustrating, but regardless, I think Eckler sets up really well in this spot. Uh, last week we saw four targets, uh, but I'd say that's really more of an aberration than anything else. Um, if no, if there's no Keenan Allen in addition to no uh, Hunter Henry, like, I don't see how he doesn't get at least 10 targets in the spot. Um, And the Broncos are pretty beat up on defense, too. Like, and and even before that, like, they've only been middle of the road against running backs. Uh, Last four weeks, they've been up the eighth most points to opposing running backs. Um, And, like, I mean, if you project Eckward for something like 12 carries and 10 targets, like, my God, he's going to smash regardless if he gets in the box. Like, Mm -hmm. we've already seen, like, he's the number two target in this whole fence behind Keenan Allen. And if Keenan Allen's out, like Eckler is, he's just going to be the wide receiver one. Um, <laughs> now, the one thing that is a little bit frustrating is that Cable Blodge continues to be involved. He had eight carries again last week. Um, so that's definitely frustrating. Like Anthony Lynn, like, come on, man, like get this dude off the field. <laughs> like, you gave <laughs> all this money. He's so efficient. He's so good out of the backfield. Like, man, like, just give this guy the volume. Like, it's not like he's some small guy. Either. Like, those videos he was posting in the offseason, like, dude is absolutely yoked. Like, just feed yeah. him the rock. Like, we got to get Anthony Lynn out of here. But that's that's a chat <laughs> for another time. But, uh yeah, I mean, I think Eckler sets up well for 20-plus touches in this spot. Uh, at 7,600, there's not that much to like at running back. So, I think he he sets up real nice. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's
0: averaged nine and a half targets per game over his last five. I I think you get that at a running back position. uh, I I think that you just take that and it just gives you such a high floor when you get when you're getting eight or nine targets. And they're such high. I mean, they're they're like, I mean, he's catching like 80 or 90 percent of these targets. I mean, they're just underneath little like two yard checkdowns. I mean, it's just it's just perfect for for raising your floor um, to go along with your you know, 12 to 15 carries. So yeah, uh, I definitely like Austin Eckler in this spot. So, and, and then the last guy um, I, I just want to, we, we have to mention it. It's Le'Veon Bell. So, I mean, with Bell, I mean, we know he's pretty much dusted out at this point. He's not going to be efficient and the the Falcons are good um, against the run, but it is the kind of the spot where we always like to look for wider, or for running backs is, you know, home favored, massive total. Uh, you know the 32 implied total for the Chiefs attaching your running back to that is always a good spot you want to be in you know being with Mahomes Um, but you know 5800 is not not necessarily free for Le'Veon Bell and we know that he's gonna be splitting with Daryl Williams uh, on passing downs at least so yeah I mean Bell probably scores a touchdown this week likely Um, you know he'll, he'll be their guy inside the five but it's just it's tough with Le'Veon Bell. He's, he's he is dust. <laughs> it's tough with Bell. But moving over to wide receiver, do um, you want to, you want to mention something on Bell?
1: I mean, I was just going to say he is dusty, but he is going to be popular. It's a good spot. Like they're twelve point home favorite. It's like they kind of abandoned the run. Like they. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I don't blame them like they had Patrick Mahomes. Like, if I had Patrick Mahomes, I wouldn't want to run the ball either. But 5,800 is going to be popular. I think we're going to see a lot of lineups that slot in Bell and Henderson with, you know, someone like Montgomery or Eckler, probably Montgomery. I think Montgomery uh, with Bell and Henderson is probably going to be the chalk build because, you know, paying down for two running backs does help you get in, you know, Jalen Hurts. Kelsey, Tyreek, Ridley, these high-priced guys that I know are going to be popular. So I'm looking at that to be pretty popular. I think at this point I'm kind of indifferent on Bell. He's bad, but the workload's there. It's a good spot. So I don't know. I might get there. I might not. But, I mean, he's fine enough.
0: Yeah. So moving over to wide receiver, um, I think my favorite wide receiver play on the slate, regardless of price Mm – um, is probably probably Robert Woods. Um, yeah, at 7K, he, his volume has basically been tops in the league. He's, over his last five games, he's averaged 10.8 targets per game, um, a .69 weight opportunity rating, 85 yards from scrimmage, because he knows, we, we know he does get one to two carries per game, so he kind of adds that little uh, buoy to his floor as well. And you know, in the last five weeks, he's averaged 20 draft points per game. Gives you twenty this week against uh against here against Seattle at seven K. It's kinda what you're looking for. Um you know, and Seattle they yeah, sure, they've been better lately, but they've just taken on these terrible, terrible offenses. So I'm not sure that Seattle is completely fixed. Um full on the season, they they've allowed a sixty nine percent catch rate. Um and there's still twenty fourth D B away against the pass. Um so it, it's just it's a nice spot for Robert Woods and he has such a nice floor. Um, you know, he's had twenty nine percent of the team targets uh, in the last five and he's he's had at least five receptions in seven straight games. Um it's just he he's really as consistent as they come and taking on the Seattle defense in, in a potential shootout. This game could go back and forth. Um certainly these offenses have done it in the past. So uh yeah, I I like Robert Woods. What do you think about Woods in this spot?
1: Um well before I go in the woods, like this Bucks Lions game is on. And uh this just in the Lions are fucking awful.
0: Uh Brady <laughs>
1: has gone six of seven, six of seven for 146 yards and two touchdowns. They've given up 146 yards on six pass uh completions. Like, what the hell? Anyway, just that's my modeling. But anyways, um, yeah, Robert Woods is definitely my favorite uh, receiving option in this game as a whole on either side. Uh, he has been uber safe the last, you know, few weeks. Um, we know Cooper cup has been really boomer bust this week and Woods has been the guy who's really been, you know, not only the security blanket for Jerry golf, but he's easily been the most consistent. And I think he's leading the team with touchdowns too. That's, that's really the differentiation that we've seen from this year to last year. Um, Bob, Bob, you know, Bobby Forrest is really in the end zone a lot more than Cup. Whereas last year it was like Cup, Cup Cup in the end zone. Um, now, granted, I don't like this game that much, but you know, I think both teams are going to be throwing a lot. Like that's how you target the Seahawks is through the air, and you know the Seahawks are going to have to throw. Um, I don't think the Seahawks are going to be able to do much on the ground, so I, I think we're going to see Russ, you know, pushing the ball down the field, and I think it's going to it's going to force you know the Rams to, to do the same. And I think uh, Woods, like, you're going to get 8 to 10 targets pretty much every single week. So, uh, yeah, at 7K, he sets up really well. Uh, so I'll move into a guy, and, and granted, this guy is – he's pretty hard to fit, and it's Calvin Ridley 8,500. Like, he is really expensive. Like I said, it's a week where we're really kind of lacking value unless you do want to pay down at running back. But, man – what a great spot. Like I said, they the, the Falcons are 12-point dogs, okay? And that just screams volume through the air for me. Uh, now, Julio Jones is out again. And in games without Julio, let me just go through there. Week three, Calvin Ridley, five for 110 on 13 targets. Week five, eight for 136 on 10 targets. Week 12, six for fifty and one on nine targets week 14 eight for 124 and one on 12 targets and then last week 10 for 163 and one on 14 targets like man every single game this year this year without Julio he's either had 110 or more receiving yards or a touchdown or both yep. like he's had a minimum of nine targets and that was back in week 12 and he still got in the box like man Calvin Ridley is just a total alpha and at 12 point dogs, like Matt Ryan is gonna be chucking the ball all day long. Like they can't run the ball at all. Edo Smith sucks. Todd Gurley sucks. Quadr Allison is just the definition of a plotter. Like, like 15 targets for Calvin Ridley, I wouldn't be shocked. Like it's week in, week out. He has been so, so consistent. He's one of the top five receivers in fantasy football this year. Like we know his red zone equity is insane. Like it's it's as good as you're going to get outside of guys like Devontae Adams. Um, like I said, he is really expensive, but, you know, the Chiefs guys are going to – Tyreek and, and Kelsey are going to be very highly owned. You get that correlation there. You get the stack with Matt Ryan if you want to do that. Um, yes, he's expensive, but he's definitely worth it. Like at 8,500, he needs, you know, about 25 points to hit value. And, I mean, he's been doing that seemingly every single week without Julio Jones. And, like, man, he is just a total alpha. He's one of my favorite players in the league. And I think it's just another spot where he's likely to smash.
0: Yeah, we mentioned this is the game that we want to be a part of. And, yeah, he, he is definitely one of the main centerpieces that we want to be investing in on this slate. at 8500 yeah, I mean, he's expensive. You're going to have to probably punt it off with – um, with your tight end, you're going to have to play Daryl Henderson and Le'Veon Bell likely to get up to him um, to have him be the centerpiece of your lineup. But uh, I, I definitely think he's well worth it. Um, my, I think my second favorite wide receiver on the slate, and, and I don't know why I'm not seeing more projected ownership for him, is DJ Moore. So volume-wise, if we just talk about volume over the last five weeks, um, DJ Moore is – seventh on this slate in targets per game at 9.3 so he's he's getting peppered he has a 0.73 weight opportunity rating which means he's basically getting deeper shots I mean and we go to his production he's averaged 114 yards from scrimmage per game over the last five weeks that's second on the slate only behind Tyree Kill 124 yards it's even above Calvin Ridley at 107 so the Volume has been there and the production has been there. Um, You know, he's averaged 16 draft points per game over his last five. And he's 5,800. And, yeah, sure, he's against Washington. And this is probably like a slower-paced game where both offenses kind of struggle to move the ball. But, I mean, I I think that they adjusted his price too far down for the matchup. The volume that he's getting is – way higher than the expected volume that you would see at a a guy at this price tag. I mean, just look at T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. Hilton is $300 cheaper, and he's averaging seven targets per game, while D.J. Moore is averaging 9.3. So, you know, you can get 2.3 extra targets by just going up to D.J. Moore at 300 more. So, um, yeah, I think that this is a a severe underprice. I I would probably say if I were to price D.J. Moore – I would probably put him at more like 6.6 range than 5.8. So, um, and, and the thing is, he's had a nice floor. I mean, he's averaged, uh, or no, he's had 50 plus receiving yards in 11 of 13 games uh, this season. So, you know, he, he's had a pretty solid floor. He's never really going to you know, be a clunker for your lineup. And then, um, you know, he's really separated from, from Curtis Samuel and Robbie Anderson. I mean, in the last four weeks, DJ Moore has had 415 yards. Curtis Samuels had 192 and Robbie Anderson's had 182. So you combine Curtis Samuel and Robbie Anderson. He has more than them in the last four weeks. So, um, he is kind of coming out as a clear alpha in this offense. We know he's a great prospect and he's in his, I believe it is his second year. I believe it. No, or is it his third year? I can't remember. I think it's his third either way. Um, he, he's really broken out and, yeah, yeah, um,
1: yeah, it's his third year.
0: Yeah, he's having a nice breakout year. And, and um, I think at 5800 it's just too cheap.
1: Yeah, his, his price does stick out quite a bit. I mean, 5800 like, I remember, you know, shit, I guess it's been a while now, but man, remember when Robbie Anderson was the alpha in this offense and. I know I was, I was having a major tilt over that. Like, I was like, how does this guy just come in and cuck D.J. Moore? Like, D.J. Moore is just an alpha talent. Like, well, that seems to have gone away pretty quickly. Uh, yeah, D.J. Moore is just a total alpha. There's no Christian McCaffrey again. Um, Washington hasn't been very good against receivers since the last month. Um, Give up ninth most fantasy points over the last four weeks to receivers. 38 points a game. We know DJ Moore, air yards machine, like at 50, 100, like it's just a blatant misprice. Um, it, it's hard to get away from from him at that price, like. And I I'm also surprised that he's not more popular. Like he's priced right around like, like Hollywood Brown is 5,700. Chase Claypool's 5,900. Juju is 6K. Like Robbie Anderson 5,500. Like how is he only 300 more expensive than Robbie? Like. Like it's just a blatant misprice. Like he should probably be at least like sixty-three, sixty-four hundred. Like yeah, I mean it, it's a it's a nice spot too. Like I think they're probably gonna crush Washington. Uh we know it's hard to run the ball against them, so yeah, I mean I love DJ more for that price. It's hard to get off that. Uh the last guy we'll talk about here um is uh, I, I really like Deontay Johnson at sixty three hundred. Uh Despite the drops, he's still seeing just an absurd opportunity. Like, and it's a must-win game for the Steelers. Like, if they lose this game and they they go into next week tied with the Browns for the division, like they could risk uh, falling to a wild card. So, um, I think this is a game where the Steelers probably prioritize, you know, getting the ball in the hands of your best players, and that's absolutely Deontay Johnson. Um, since week nine, like, has seen 10, 11, 16, 13, 12, 7, and 13 targets. Like, my goodness. Like, <laughs> in, the, in the week that he saw seven targets, he got benched. He got benched, and he still saw seven targets. Like, and I don't see that changing this week. Like, he's easily the best receiver on that team. Juju stinks. Like, let's just say. It. Like, Juju stinks. Um, and the Colts have not been very good against receivers. The last month, they've given up the seven most uh, points to opposing receivers over that span is um, 6,300, like, again, like, at least he's more expensive than the other, you know, Steelers guys. But, like, Juju and Claypool are still 6K and 5,900. Like, what am I missing here? Like, Deontay is, like, the clear alpha on this team. And he's still not seeing, you know, that price upgrade versus the other Steelers guys. So, yeah, does he have an issue with drops? Of course he does. But he's still seeing just elite – an elite target share. And in this game, they're not going to be able to run the ball. James Conner doesn't look very good. They haven't been able to run the ball the whole season. Um, So, uh, I mean, I don't know how you feel about Deontay, but like he is just like the volume is just – it's hard to get away from that for me.
0: Yeah, I like Deontay a lot. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned volume, and and he's leading the league in the last five weeks in targets per game, 12.2. It's ahead of Tyree Hill at 11.2. Instead so of Calvin Ridley at ten point eight, Robert Woods ten point eight, Keaton Allen ten point eight, Allen Robinson nine point five, and then DJ Moore nine point three. So I mean, this is what we're looking for. We want targets. I know his eight dot is is low. I mean, his eight dot is like five. So he's getting these these little shallow crossers, uh, but we know he's really good after the catch. Um, you know, it, the production hasn't been great. I mean, he's averaged 18 DraftKings points per game over his last five, which is fine. I mean, if he gets that, I mean, you're, you're probably pretty happy with that at 6.3K. So yeah, I mean, this Indianapolis defense is is kind of up and down. I mean, like they've averaged 9.3 yards per target against them, which is, uh, you know, league average is like 8.2. So they've been kind of getting doors blown off by wide receivers a little bit here uh, recently, but they're still 6 away against the pass. So um, they they still have a respectable pass rush and um yeah, I mean Deontay 6'300", I, I think that he's still pretty strong. Um, I don't know about the ceiling in this spot, but I know his floor is just rock solid. Um, of course, if he's not getting injured. I mean, I played him so many times this year when he got hurt early in the season that he's just he's he's tilted my my brain off. Um but uh yeah, I mean he, he's been not getting injured in the back half of the year. He's just dealt with some some dropsies issues and hopefully gets those figured out. And cause he, he's such a, he's such a good wide receiver. I mean, people want to talk about, Oh yeah. You know, the drops, he, he's not a good receiver. It's like he wouldn't keep getting targeted if he was a bad receiver. And that's just the end of it. If he was bad, he wouldn't get so many targets. So um, he's clearly still has the trust of big Ben and well, big Ben sucks at this point. So who knows if he can even get it to him, but the nice part is he has that low A dot. So, I mean, he doesn't need to bend to throw very far to get it to him. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm in on Deontay Johnson uh, in week 16. So moving over to the last position here, we're going to talk about is tight end. And uh, we always talk about every week. It's either you pay up for Kelsey or you punt it off. And I think that there's a couple punt options. You can go with the Eagles guys. You can go with Dallas Goddard at 3,600. You can go with Zach Ertz at 3,100. They're both running routes on about 70% of the uh, Jalen hurts dropbacks the last couple of weeks. So, um, both those guys are fine. Obviously, we prefer Dallas Goddard since Ertz can't move. But if you don't have the five hundred dollars to get to Goddard, Ertz is perfectly fine. Uh, you can all put, you can also punt it off with Cole Kmet uh, at three k. He played one hundred percent of the snaps last week. He is fully entrenched. We talk about him every week. He's, he his price never moves because he doesn't ever really do much. But um, he is entrenched as the as the starter over Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham is, is dusted out. He's like a red zone guy at this point. Um, so, yeah, there are other guys down there to punt it off if you want it. My favorite is Dallas Goddard, 3,600. We talked about how we like Jalen Hurts, um, 26 implied total. We know this game should be a back-and-forth shootout, and the Cowboys allow a 76% catch rate to opposing tight ends. Um, you know, he's averaged 7.4 targets per game over his last five, and that's including games with Zach Ertz. So, uh, yeah, Dallas Goddard is just an ascending talent. He's just going to keep going up and up and up. And, you know, I, if I can, I, I really want to try to get to Goddard instead of Ertz uh, in this spot. And then, of course, you can go up to Travis Kelsey. That completely changes your lineup construction. Um, if you do go up to Kelsey, there's no way you're getting up to Ridley. There's no way you can get up to two running backs, uh, like Sanders or Eckler and Montgomery. Um, so it just kind of depends the the way you want to set up your line of construction because Kelsey is 8,500. So, um, yeah. Talk to me about Kelsey.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, it's the same thing every week really with Kelsey. Like he is getting expensive now. Like he's 8,500. Um, and it's, it's really getting tough to play these Chiefs. Like Tyreek's 9K too. Patrick Mahomes is the most expensive quarterback. And they're still going to be super, super uh, highly owned. Like, but for good reason. Like, let's talk about Kelsey. He's had 10-plus targets, six out of the last seven games. He's had 15 or more fantasy points in seven straight games. In six of those, he's had 22 or more fantasy points. Like, holy crap. He's really good. And to make matters worse, Atlanta is not good against the tight end. They're giving up the fifth most points per game to tight ends. um, The Chiefs have a 32 implied team total. It's scary, like straight up scary to not have a chief. Like they are going to light it up. Like they're going to pummel Atlanta. Like I think they're going to score 40. Kelsey, like – I know he's a tight end, but he's not, right? Like, like, he's a top five wide receiver. Like, he's going to lead the league in receiving yards. Uh, and, like, like I said, 22 or more points in, in six of the last seven games. Like, man, like, that is – you're not going to find anything better than that. And because of that, like, I've been fooling around with some lineup construction that, you know, is definitely going to be different. Like, I've been fooling around with Kelsey and my flex with, you know, Dallas Cotter or Zach Hurts at tight end just because, like, I feel better about, you know, a guy like Travis Kelsey and his floor and ceiling combination versus, like, some of these running backs this week that I just don't feel that like, great about. Like, I don't – outside of Eckler, Montgomery, and Henderson, like, I don't love much at running back for cash. And so I think, like, sliding Kelsey into your flex, you know, a guy like Dallas Goddard that you just talked up at 3,600, like, I would much rather play him than any of those receivers down at that price range. Like he – like Dallas Goddard is the alpha in that offense right now. Like I think he's a top five tight end talent-wise in the league, mm-hmm. you know. So, I, I mean, I kind of like pairing Kelsey and Goddard in my lineup. Like I think if Kelsey's getting 22 in, in pretty much every game he goes out there, like I'll easily take that, especially – and this is a great matchup. Like they're 12-point favorites. And even if they do blow out Atlanta, like – Kelsey's probably one of the reasons why. So, like, 8,500, yeah, he's really tough to fit. But I much prefer him over Tyree. He has a much better floor, doesn't have the ceiling, but way more consistent. You know, he's had eight catches pretty much every week. So, yeah, I mean, Travis Kelsey is another smash spot. He's as safe as it gets. Great floor, great ceiling. If you can fit him, I will never tell you not to play him.
0: Yeah, that's kind of the thing. Do you prefer – at the same price, Travis Kelsey or Calvin Ridley, they're the same price. I'd probably prefer Kelsey, I think
1: uh I think <laughs> it's close though hmm.
0: but I mean, yeah, I mean Kelsey he averaged. In the last five weeks, 10.6 targets per game, and it's basically the same as Ridley. So, like, these guys are so close. I'd probably lean Kelsey there probably just because uh, his implied total. Like, you know, he's the, the Chiefs are, are going to put up over 30 in this spot. So, uh, it's just the touchdown equity with Kelsey is certainly much higher than with Ridley. Uh, so, i probably lean Kelsey there if I'm deciding.
1: I would probably lean KLC, if if <laughs> to make matters simple, like I'd rather you know have my pass catcher with Mahomes than Matt Ryan. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, 32 implied team total two versus. I mean, Atlanta's down at like 20 or 21, which is probably low, certainly low in my opinion, but. 32 implied team in The Chiefs are the best team in the league. Patrick is the best quarterback in the league. Travis Kelsey's is the best tight end in the league. Like, you do the math. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, this is a slate where there's not a lot to love. Um, so, it, ch- trying to pick out the windmill play, I don't know. It, it's kind of tough. Um, I think if I were to pick one guy as the windmill of, of some of the guys we talked about, I, I don't know. Probably – probably DJ Moore. That's the thing about these windmill plays is like, I, I want to have like conviction in this, but like this slate does not have a lot to really latch onto um, as, as far as like smash plays uh, at their price tag. So
1: I'll
0: probably go with DJ Moore as my favorite play of the of this slate, um, you know, point per dollar wise. But um, do you have anybody who, who really stands out to you as like your favorite play point per dollar?
1: Oh, favorite play point per dollar, yeah. I mean, I'm kind of in the same boat. Like, I don't really, not in love with anyone. Um, man, like, I really like Dallas Goddard. Yeah, like at 3,600. I, uh, I mean, I think he's the alpha in that offense. He's basically the wide receiver one. Um, I think he sets up really well. I do really like Calvin Ridley and Kelsey, but, like, they're obviously going to be owned and they're expensive. Um, and I don't know, like, windmill.
0: <laughs> there's not a lot out there. Oh,
1: it's, it's a smaller slate. Tough. That's the other
0: thing. It's a 10-game it's a slate, so there's not a lot out there to really choose from. Um, Yeah, I think that uh, if you're looking for one guy, one wide receiver lock into your lineup for cash, at least, um, I think DJ Moore is definitely he's consistent. Um, and he's he's been playing really well uh, the last few weeks. been really dominating the team, uh, the team targets, the yards. He's just been – he's been pretty dominant. So I'll go with an underpriced DJ Moore as my, my windmill play of the week. You got anything else before we close up shop?
1: Yeah, I'll just stick with Dallas Cowder. Yeah. yeah i stick that, with Dallas Cowder, I think yeah. –
0: Yep. Yeah. I mean, Goddard is a smasher. 3,600
1: is too cheap for Goddard.
0: So, with that, that's going to do it for episode 21 of the Print Fest DFS podcast. We'll be back on Monday night breaking down our DraftKings Week 16 lineups. And until then, good luck, everybody.